You are listening to LGR Reviews on the Let's Get Ready Network. On this network, we talk about the movie trivia showdown, the first class league, sports, Star Wars, movies, TV, and more. If you're interested in supporting the network, you can subscribe to our Patreon at patreon.com slash LGR Network. And please leave a rating and a review of this episode. Enjoy the show. What is up? What is up, party people? Like, uh, I had to rush. I had me a fantasy football draft with my friends. So we started a few minutes late because I had to, like, be able to watch and, like, pay attention to this episode that we just got mm-hmm. about Dragons. Definitely wanted to watch this episode. Yeah, damn straight. This is an episode I think it's hard to tell. This is like this, you know, second episode of this uh, new show, uh, second episode of the season. But I do think that this episode may be the most important episode uh, in the House of Dragons uh, from here to the end of the season. Because uh, this right here is one of the uh, episodes you, like you said, really had to pay attention to because there was a lot of things being talked about here. A lot of things being set up in this episode. Uh, I enjoyed it overall. It's one of those things to where, yeah, did, like last week we had the tourney. We had some bloodshed. We had all that stuff going on. Uh, and this week we took a step back from that, but I'm fine because of the things that were going on was things to still like keep you on the edge of your seat. Uh, right. So it's one of those things to where even though it didn't have like these battles or any of that stuff, it was really good setup. Like, uh, you have a lot of setup episodes with a lot of different kinds of shows and sometimes they just stink. It's like, ah, come on. We already know where you're going. The thing about this is like, I don't know if you know where you're, they're going completely because like even the hardcore Game of Thrones fans that actually know some of this, they know it's about the Dance of Dragons that we're going to actually get uh, coming up soon. Uh, they do know some of the historical references and stuff like that that's already been set and put in books, but it's not very detailed. You know, like, say, for instance, who may live, who may die, who may be fighting each other in this historical reference, but you don't know how they got there or why it happened in most cases. You you. This show is going to fill in all of those beautiful details leading up to why these particular uh, things happened and everything else. And so, like, I'm pretty excited about it. Uh, I hope a lot of people are excited about the show because, uh, like I said, even though this was a setup episode, this is one of the best setup episodes I've seen uh, in television in a while. So, like, but that's my overall thoughts. Uh, before I pass it to you, Caleb, I do want to say I do have alerts on. So, like, if you uh, feel the need to and you want to put out a, like a Streamlab or whatever, it's down there in the description. Well, I just want to bring up this right here. That is my father right there. Nice, yeah. man. What's up, Leo? You got a, you got a, I mean, you, hey, you got a son that'd be hitting that gym pretty hard. Just to let you know, Leo. But, like, Nah, but like if you uh, feel the need to and can uh, do a Streamlabs or whatnot, and we'll, uh, I have the alerts up, like I said, so it'll show up on the screen there uh, and we'll answer any kind of questions or any kind of thoughts. Uh, Be thinking about this too, guys in the chat and you, Caleb, because like I said last week, one of the things we're going to end this with is our favorite scene and what we think is the most important scene, okay? And a lot of times, sometimes that might be the same scene. But a lot of times it will not be the same scene. Uh, but Caleb, man, your overall thoughts before we start uh, diving into this episode as far as like what you thought about it after you watched it. 
Um, yeah, a little more of a slower episode than last week. Um, you got a lot some action going on happening uh, last episode. This is one of those episodes where it kind of, you know, goes a little quieter. Um, but I, I like these type of episodes. I always like these types of episodes like uh, they had in Game of Thrones where they just, you know, uh, they're just in one place and they're just having conversations um, because I think that, that it's written really well. Um, so I, I always like, I, I'm always on the edge of my seat just listening to uh, what they have to say. Um, but yeah, it's a lot of high intense conversation, a lot of this inspiring that Game of Thrones is known for. Uh, I liked all that. And um, yeah, just the, the setup is just setting up all the conflicts that are about to come. Um, setting up whether it's the war or other conflicts with these pirates that are, uh, that are, that are messing up the ships. Um, the crab feeder. Yeah, so there's like that, that comp, that side conflict, and then the main conflict of you know the the this war between the Targaryens is that's about to unfold, um, which is series, the whole series is about. Um, so it's all setting up that, uh, and um, also and, you know it's just a little bit still getting used to the 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 different um, uh, way it's, it's shown more than going from place to place. Now they're going from time to time because they did skip like six months later. Um, um, from when um, that baby died uh, in the last episode. Now it's like six months later. Um, so yeah, again, instead of going, like I said, uh, instead of going to get place to place, like we did in Game of Thrones, going from time to time, uh, like a history book, um, it, um, that's just a little bit get used to it um, there. But overall, I really liked it. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, I agree with a lot of things you said. And I'm going to tell you one thing. One of my favorite directors, if not my favorite director, is Quentin Tarantino. And the reason, and we've talked in the Discord before about this, and one of the reasons is is because Quentin Tarantino can have a dinner scene. And he's done it multiple times in multiple movies. It ain't just like a one-time movie thing. But Quentin Tarantino will have people sitting at a dinner table, and their discussion is so riveting that it's even more impactful than, say, uh, violence or, or action or any of that stuff because of the way it's written. And that's one of the things that I like about Game of Thrones is because it gives me that kind of feel in a TV show because you need to listen. Cause like if, if you're ever watched Game of Thrones period, ever been a Game of Thrones fan in your entire life, you know that you need to pay attention to what is said. Cause if you do pay attention, you're rewarded in the end. Because you can always go back to the Game of Thrones, like during the original Game of Thrones run, you can always go back and see like something occur and happen. And then you can go back two or three episodes later, sometimes even further than that, and be like, oh, crap, this is important. You have things like in the original Game of Thrones, like Hodor, like uh, Brandy and me and Brandy's doing a rewatch of Game of Thrones. She's never seen it before. But like having this guy that's like a simple minded guy, big dude that's named Hodor. And you have that with you this whole time. And then to find out why it actually is like why he's saying Hodor the whole time is like very impactful because they let it go It's six seasons worth of show. Then you finally get that answer, right? You finally get like, what's up with that. Uh, but there's scenes like uh, for the red wedding, for instance, so like another big moment that uh, I enjoyed watching with Brandy where the red wedding happens a couple of uh, uh, scenes or not scenes, but a couple of episodes before that, you have the car start guy talking to Rob and tells him you lost this war when you married the foreigner, right? So like, if you listen to those things, then you can almost kind of foresee what may happen. There's a lot of foreshadowing. There's a lot of discussion and topics to have. And I think this is what this show's setting up right now today. First thing though, first, what did you think about the opening, like uh, introduction? Like, look, <clears throat> the original Game of Thrones was pretty freaking awesome. Like, I don't think anybody will ever be able to beat 
uh, the opening, whatever you want to call them, credits or introduction or whatever, like into the show uh, than the original Game of Thrones. I love the fact they kept the old music. I love that. Like, yeah, don't change the, it. You had, a, you had a, it's you had one of the best ever. Yeah. I do like the fact, though, in this one, that because you are right, we're not going to be jumping to Winterfell and the and the Erie or any of that stuff, right? We're going to be staying in probably like mainly like two places and most of it, not all of it, obviously, but in most of it, we're going to be staying inside of uh, Dragonstone Keep and we're going to be staying inside King's Landing. And I love the fact that they gave us a more, instead of jumping around to all the different places in the world, they're keeping it to those couple of places and like having more detail with that, which I thought was really cool, really fun. Uh, I actually really loved it. Uh, I'm not yeah. going to sit here and say that I liked it more than the original Game of Thrones uh, opening, but this right here, it stacks up there to me. I, I, I like it almost just as much, I feel. Yeah, I mean, I really, I really like it. Uh, like I said, the music's perfect. Um, didn't even change that. Also, I love all the blood. I think that keeps with the um, the what the book is. The book is, you know, fire and blood, dark getting yeah. worse. And you see the blood just going throughout. Uh, I'm not sure if it was like a temple or the Red Keep or whatever, whatever it was, or this maybe Old Valeria. I don't know. Uh, I guess we'll find out um, where all the blood is going. Uh, that whatever place that it that, that right. is that the blood is going through. Um, but yeah, all that looked really cool to me. I really, I thought it was dope. Yeah, I, I really liked it. Uh, like you said, the symbol of blood means multiple things, possibly, you know, like uh, Targaryens trying to keep the line, trying to uh, keep power and everything else. You got people, uh, although there are dragons in this show that we've obviously seen, and there are going to be even more dragons during this time period, uh, they're not as prevalent as they once were. They're not used as much as they once were. Uh, and everything else they they still have the power they still have dragon riders and everything else but like it's one of those things to where there are some houses out there that probably think oh we might be able to step up if we're smart enough kind of thing and uh you know so i think the blood is almost like a symbol of the you know the bloodline keeping the bloodline the targaryens in order and stuff like that now we jump from that to the crab feeder the first actual like they talked about him last episode we really got to see him in this episode or not really see him too much, but we got to see the imagery that they put across for the, the, the crab feeder, which I thought was really super cool. And I actually like the fact that they really haven't had this guy talk. They haven't showed him yet. Really. They're just talking about him. They're saying there's a problem over there in the fingers. We're going to have to get this thing set up because we can't have these pirates out here doing their thing. And just the, the people that are like, uh, bolted down to these like little pyres that they have built like uh, in the sand with the crabs is crawling all over them and their mangled bodies. It's just devast it's devastating, man. It's kind of like it's out there. It's kind of crazy. So even though this episode didn't have as much of that kind of imagery, it did give you a little taste of it when you were showing a few scenes here with the crab feeder, man. What do you think about how they're portraying the crab feeder, Caleb? Well, I just love the the imagery in the first uh, opening shot. Just to, the, mm -hmm. you know, you actually saw the crabs just eating the people. The ship's all all messed up. I mean, he, he looks like he's a big threat, um, and he you know he has something to deal with. And I I think it's a um, a major point because I think that's why um, it's going to show you why um, some. Uh, where um Corliss uh Lord Corliss's um alliances lie and upcoming because he's saying like oh you ain't gonna help me with this um okay well then I'm gonna remember that later on when you know every everything starts going down and who's I'm gonna take on um who who should be sitting that throne you know so I think this whole conflict with the craft feeder is gonna uh 
be a big um, influence on what, what size they'd be taking later on. Oh, yeah, definitely. I agree with that 100%. We go from the crab feeder and that imagery like of being like, oh, wait, you know, you hear crab feeder and maybe you're not that scared. But then when you see that scene, then that changes your whole, you know, your whole thought process at that point. You're like, oh, shit, this guy. Wow. OK, he kind of crazy. All right. I'm a little scared. I'm a little worried about this dude and what he does and everything else. But then we go into a small council meeting because I'm going to say the running through line. For uh, most of this show right here so far is going to be the fact, and, it, and it, I think it started a little bit in the first episode. It definitely went further into that in the second episode of showing that the king, uh, the king of now, is kind of weak. He kind of doesn't want to like jump into conflict or whatever. He kind of wants to avoid it, which all the times not the bad decision, but it seems like he wants to do that consistently, like all the time. Like that's his choices that he makes. Uh, most of the time is to always try to avoid bloodshed and conflict. And sometimes that may not be the right decision. Yeah. Correct. Like, so let's say if he would have stood up in the small council meeting when they were first talking about the crab feeder and actually discussing that issue, you know, with the ships and everything, if he would have made maybe a stronger uh uh, response to that at that moment then later on in the episode when we get some other news we'll talk about maybe that doesn't hit as hard because now not only do you have one thing him kind of sitting around and almost being lazy with now there's another thing that kind of throws it into the face of this gentleman so like on the small council so whenever you're and i gotta learn these names that's one of the hardest things about game of thrones is getting all these names correct but like um with it being said though like i think this was kind of like a okay a uh, small jab here, and then you have the bigger jab later in the episode that's going to cul culminate into something big later on. But, like, what do you think about that small council and the king trying – like, basically, I, like I said, I think last episode they did it just a little bit, but more and more mm -hmm. in this episode it seemed like they were making the king seem weak. Oh, yeah, definitely. I, I'm, that's why I thought it was a great scene, uh, showing who who really uh, – who the king listens to and who he doesn't listen to. Um, and uh, – what what is all their motivations uh, are um and in that you get you really get a good look in that scene and honestly i think it's a more of a like a setup scene just for like an audience uh to sit back and say okay which side you you really uh you really on you know um kind of like in game of thrones you kind of you know, oh i like this character and like that character for this different reason right now i think that kind of like sets up for you as an audience member to say okay i'm kind of on this side because i kind of like what he's doing over there or uh, whatever point he's making, you know, I, I, it gives you a chance to uh, uh, do that. And uh, yeah, but like, 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 I think the little Corliss Valerian guy, like, I think you had to make a good point. Like, he's you got to go and show, show strength when you get, yeah, you don't want to make well, war with the with the SOs and the free cities. But right. I mean, these some pirates. I mean, they, they, I mean, pirates are gonna, they're, they're outlaws. I mean, yeah, to me, like if this episode, like if I'm king, you do the easy thing. Like I think the actual princess was right. Like just throw me on the dragon and let me go yeah. burn her ships down. Like literally, yeah, he, like and you don't even need to burn them. You just need to show that you're going to do some. You can just threaten them and they'll back off. Possibly, yeah. I mean, when you see a dragon, uh, I mean, there's not too many things you can say about it. You could be the most badass guy that ever walked the face of this earth. You could be the most ruthless killer out there and things will happen it doesn't matter you will get cut down like and, and it does and it happens a lot of times in the game of thrones you got jamie lannister who was somebody that was you know too big for his britches at certain points and got his hand cut off because he liked to run his mouth because he thought he could get away with it 
uh, because he thought he had so much power or whatever and people wouldn't do anything to him. And he ended up finding, you know, out that, no, nah, that's not the thing. Even in back in the day during the Black Fire Rebellions and stuff like that, you had an actual character with the name closely resembling the uh, the Antithesis in this char- uh, in this show called Damon uh, Blackfire, who actually gets like he's a badass, but like he shows a little bit of weakness when he stops to pick up another knight because he's like very honor. You know, when he stops to do that, he gets cut down by the Blood Raven. So like things like that, like in the history of like Game of Thrones, even in the stuff you don't even see on shows. I just showed y'all a little bit of my deep cut knowledge right there. But when you have things like that happen all the time, it doesn't matter how big and bad you think you are. Things can't happen. So you've got to get that stuff done and, and you've got to really look at it that way. Uh, we jump into the next thing that I have written down here in the notes is like uh, I really thought the two girls talking in the scepter was really cool. And they had all the candles out there and they're really getting close. I think it's an important scene especially for a scene that we'll talk about later. But this is an important setup, I think, to set up those two girls like we already got it in the first episode where she's like laying in her lap and they're hanging out in the in the gardens, you know, like and talking and being friends. And then here in this scene, being really like super honest with each other, you know, uh, and just talking about things and being super great friends uh, in this scene. I thought it was a pretty good setup. And I thought like just like almost anything in a Game of Thrones, it looks beautiful, man. That room, the candles. The scenery, all this stuff that's going on uh, looks just amazing and beautiful. But like, how did you uh, think about anything particular that you want to talk about that? Yeah, scene with the I don't, I don't know if, I, I'm pretty sure she wasn't being totally honest with her, how close she was getting with her dad. Yeah, uh, I think she was trying to keep that, you know, she's trying to keep that hidden. She ain't going to tell you everything. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I just met with them, but she don't know what the reason why I was meeting with them or what my dad's telling me to do or, or anything like that. So she was keeping it close to the vest right there. She was playing the Game of Thrones right there. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Like being secretive, like anything else going on in the, uh, any Game of Thrones thing, like the, the hey, it, it's one of those lines that gets thrown out. It's why the thing is, why it's even called the Game of Thrones. Like the book series called The Song of Fire and Ice, the Game of Thrones series, but the actual like first book, everything else called the Game of Thrones because of the one line that Cersei says at one point that says, you play the Game of Thrones, you either die, or, you either win or die, right? Pretty much die or win, whatever, however she says it exactly. But that comes across like you you start playing the game of thrones you better make sure all your ducks is in the line all your t's are crossed all your eyes is dotted because like when you start playing that game they somebody right next to you that wants to get that same position that you're going for and they're going to do whatever it takes to get it you better make sure you're ready to do whatever it takes to get it um no i do, I do think it that does affect her like you can obviously see that with her, her nail bids like she you find the hell out of them um, so I, I think she she don't want to like go get, go against her best friend, you know. It's just you know that's what her father uh, is telling her to do. So that's why it's kind of making her all, all messed up in the head and whatnot. Yeah, and like we move on through the rest uh, through a part of the show right there in the middle, and and I've already said it's kind of a through line in the show. The king is made to be weak, and I think one of the things if you don't understand he's weak with his policies, if you don't understand that he's being weak with some of his decisions. They're definitely making you show that he's weak because like in the first episode, he had that cut on his back from the chair. Then he ended up cutting his finger and nicking his finger. And in this episode, he's having to have that finger seen about like he's not healing very good. So his body is even weak at this point. Like They're having to put the maggots on his finger or whatever to try to eat away the dead flesh so he doesn't get sick or whatever. But uh, I think uh, some of that stuff right there is uh, just showing more and more signs. Not only is this guy weak, maybe minded when it comes to like handling situations he's also weak as far as it goes as far as being a leader physically as well 
So yeah. I think that's going to play a little bit into this. I mean, <laughs> I thought that was pretty crazy. Some of the people may or may not like the way that the king was uh, at his fingers, like uh, having to be put into the uh, those maggots like that. But uh, it is what it is. You got to do what you got to do there in the old times. Yeah. Um, yeah, going along to um, something weird about this, this episode was, I don't know if you're going to get to this point, but uh, when the king's talking to the, to the little girl that he's supposed to, uh, that he, he's yeah, to right around here, yeah. Yeah, uh, that's uh, Valerian's daughter. Um, that's just weird to me, man. Uh, just hearing a girl like I, I just, I'm, 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 a, I'm gonna be a good wife. I'm gonna get make babies. It's like what the hell? Like that's just so so off putting to to watch. Yeah, even say I've, those lines. Yeah, I think in this particular situation is which the girl is probably not as young as what she's supposed to be in the show. To be honest with you, they usually they're older when they do that. But I think in this particular situation. The king's kind of been a bad the spot, right? But which makes it worse is because he's weak on all these other things that when he gets in these decisions, like the decision in the first episode with his wife, like that's a bad decision to be in. You, the doctor guy's telling you you're either losing both or you're going to lose possible or we might can save one. That's a bad decision to be in, like to have to make that choice or whatnot, you know. And then even in that situation, he wasn't even strong enough to take it to his wife and let her make her own decision about it. And in this episode, you know, he, he's in a bad spot because they want him to merge these houses. And this girl's so young, you can and he's so old, like he's actually being what you what you would supposed to be. He's being respectful. But and he and he doesn't like the fact that how young she is. He, he doesn't want to do this. Right. Like he sees what's wrong with this and whatnot and, and everything. And when she makes that claim, like you said, about like, I'll give you airs and all this stuff. And he's like, is that what your dad told you to say? And they are what your mom told you to say. Either one of them. And it's like, bro, like I get why he wouldn't want to do this. He's making the right choice. Maybe if he was stronger on his other decisions, this part may not be as bad. But you put all this together and it's like, dude, come on, man. You're kind of going at this thing wrong at all fronts to me. Uh, and that's one of his problems. Um, I will say, like we go from that to where we have uh, Damon uh, out there at Dragonstone. You know, yeah. he's got his dragon and everything else. He's back with his people. And he's like, you know what? I don't like the wife you gave me. So I'm going to get this wife that I like myself personally that I picked. And he makes demands. He's like, I'm the, he even in his decree says I'm the heir. I'm the true heir. Like, so he's even overlooking the princess and how the king would like picked her to be the next heir. He's overshadowing that with his own thing saying, I am the true heir. And he's like, uh, I went and got the egg, uh, the sitting to the cradle uh, of this baby that's going to be born uh just like it is in this house so basically what he's doing is he's doing things that technically is true and right under the targaryen name this is things that would normally happen but the problem is is how he's doing it how he's going about it he's doing it a little shady he's going back to old rules where technically i guess they could have two wives uh instead of just one and all this stuff and he's like yeah here we go and then i'm going to take this egg that you actually was putting into the cradle of baylor or whatever but now guess what I'm going to use it for my baby and everything else. And basically kind of challenging the king. Damon knows that the king's weak. He's his brother. He knows it. Right. And he's gathering more and more support because like everything, he knows what's going down. He, he kind of sees and foresees possibly this king not going for very much longer. But like, yeah, dude, I'm going to tell you right now, though, too, when they go to Dragonstone, when the hand of the King Otto shows up uh there and they're walking across like a, it looks like a bridge or maybe like a wall that they got set up and they kind of meet there in the middle yeah. <clears throat> that was a cool looking scene and the way they did dragonstone and the surrounding area with like the fog and everything 
looked super ass sweet. Uh, even the dragon that comes out a little bit in that scene is pretty cool. But I love the fact of like when they get together, like how Damon's acting and interacting with them. It looks like, oh, yeah, well, I pull out them swords and then the dragon shows up. and He's like, put the swords back away. But yeah, man, what'd you like about that scene, dude? I love the scene because after he after he does that, then she comes down with her dragon and oh, she yeah. come and talk to him. Okay, then and she's like, okay, then make a move, then partner. Like you, you want to kill me? Then okay, uh, then our dragon going fight, and we'll we'll see what happens after that. Um, that then I may hit him back off and give him the egg, and he was like, okay. But I get what he, what he's trying to do. Like he's seizing what he can. He, he's showing. Uh, the rest of the kingdom was like, look, I can just take Dragonstone and that weak ass king and do nothing. You know, yep. that, that's what he's showing the you know everybody that I should be. I'm a better ruler. I can do this better than he can. And I'll I'll, I'll show strength because we know we know all the enemies are gonna look at this, this king that he's weak and he ain't he ain't about he ain't about that. You know, so I mean he he made good point. He just kind of you know doing it in his own kind of cockiness way, but but he is doing it. For I people. think. Right, right. Otto was about to get destroyed. The high tower about to get destroyed, man. He ain't that big of a badass for one. Even if they didn't have the dragon, he was gonna get that ass whooped. Now, I will say, Otto High Tower side over there, the king's hand, they do have some good warriors. So they might not be a slaying of all of them, right? But oh, High Tower, he would he would have lost. He'd have got his ass. But he he needed to go to the back of the line because he was probably one of the weaker ones in his group over there. But I do like that part where Damon tries to say something like, "Oh, who are you?" And he's talking to one of the king's guard or whatever, and the dude's like, "Bro, <laughs> I knocked you off your horse." <laughs> and then he even won after he got the horse. He ended up beating him in like combat. So like, that would have been interesting. I'm pretty sure that they're, they're going to have a battle amongst themselves at some point. Uh, I hope so. Anyway, like an actual true battle where it's on the battlefield and them two meet up together, and let's see who can actually is the be better of the two. Now, I think if I'm not mistaken here, Damon does have I think what is called uh, the sword he has is called uh, is it Night Sister? uh yeah something like that dark is the sister, name of the sword sister. the dark, dark sister. sister so like uh he has one of these cool ass named swords of valyrian steel so like you know he's got to mean something and you got to be about something to be carrying one of those around you don't get to walk around with steros with a valyrian sword like that without meaning something to the whole thing so like you know you got to mean something to have that kind of sword laying around and, and carrying it on you so like we know damon can do what it does and he was a little overconfident and it's already celebrating and stuff so why he kind of lost yeah. that fight afterwards but with that being said you know, uh, the princess coming in there, you they they I think the one thing good this show's done so far was that one of the very first scenes you see in episode one is Damon and uh, the princess coming together uh, and talking in that first thing. And he even gives her a gift. So you get to understand that they do have a relationship. Right. They do yeah. like each other uh, and possibly even love each other or whatever. Uh, even if it's just like uncle kind of like uh, love uncle and niece kind of love or whatever. Yeah, uh, you got to be careful though. We are talking about the Targaryens, so they could be like all kinds of love. But well, I, will should, say that I think they're, I think they're making that a point because they're showing the, the I think they're building on those scenes with them together because they showed it last, uh, last episode with them, uh, which when he's in, you know, during the tournament, uh, scene between them and scene between them. I think they're more showing you, you know, letting you know what, what. What's going right, to happen? And I think, I think that's one of the reasons why she shows up, right? She knows she has that relationship. She knows she could do a little more than what she could if it was somebody else. She walks up there. She stands before him and says, look, I'm the one. I don't know why you're trying to be mad at the king. I'm the heir. I'm the one that's stopping you from having what you want eventually. So why don't you kill me? He can't do it. And he, like you said, he even throws back the egg to her. 
and everything else. And one thing I thought cool was this scene is I I, I kind of starting to like these like uh, dragon handlers, I guess you would call them. Uh, the ones that kind of guard the dragons at certain points. And like, I guess they guard the eggs as well. And everything is supposed to keep them uh, like safe and everything else. And, Cause they were there, they were there to get the egg after she gets it, she hands it to them and they put it in like a, almost oh, yeah. like a pot that's on fire kind of thing. So I, I think that's kind of cool to add to the lore and add to the world. Like back in the day when dragons were here, there were actually people that were in charge of like uh, handling them and stuff. That's gotta be a scary ass job. Uh, not a lot of people standing in line to get that job most likely, but yeah, I thought that was a powerful scene that he does that and walks away. It even pisses off his soon to be wife. Right. Or even if he ends up marrying her because of the scene we see right after that, where he's talking to like what was supposed to be his newlywed. Uh, he's still saying he's going to marry her, but she's a little upset and everything else because like, she, uh, once, the, once the princess got there, it was like, he didn't really stand up for, her, uh, and everything else as much as she thought that he would uh and everything else she kind of storms off even before uh everything was over with outside on the wall so like mm -hmm. on, on this uh thought that was an interesting scene or whatever she's talking about i i wanted to be free and he was like what do you want to be free of and she's like fear uh and that's one of the things because like if he's not going to stand up for her then she has a reason to be afraid because people's going to want to take her out because mm -hmm. he has a targaryen name he might be safe on that maybe the king won't kill him Maybe the king just puts him, you know, in one of the dungeon cells or something like that, right? But keeps him alive. Maybe he sends uh, his brother to the wall or something like that, uh, but doesn't really probably kill him. But with her, she's not really part of the family, so she can be an easy, like, scapegoat. Like, well, let's kill yeah. her to get even with him kind of thing. So she's kind of afraid of that. I thought that was a pretty good setup for that as well. Yeah, I don't, I don't think she'll be uh, lasting too long with him, I think. Because uh, she, she's she's fearing for her life, and I don't think she trusts him all that much, and she might just do away with her. So um, I think that's uh, kind of done, done with them, honestly. Yeah, and then we have the king, and you saw you had the hand of the king as well. We also know in like, the first episode we talked about this last week uh, that the king, uh, the king's hand, is that sending his daughter out there to like talk to the king. So they had that set up. She does it a couple of times here as well in this. Uh, episode she even like gets a little statue that he had that was broken or whatever that he dropped or something like that uh she had it like fixed by one of the stonemasons and everything else uh so she's kind of like sneaking up on in there uh doing her thing she knows what she's doing her dad knows what he's doing when he's sending her in there and everything else they're trying to get some power here and obviously she's older i, I i'm not even going to say anything about uh beautiful or whatever because both of these uh women are supposed to be pretty young in this show right mm -hmm. now like i'm pretty sure the king's hands daughter is not supposed to be uh that old as well like she obviously older than the other girl but like not super you know not probably not of woman age or if she is she's just made it but like she is older she is wiser obviously than the other girl so she's able to step in there and kind of get more of the king's affection the king knows <clears throat> that he's got to like get another heir uh, and everything else. So like people's trying to play for that. But before we even get into that, because that's going to be one of the last things we talk about as well, is the daughter. And I'm calling this scene the daughter, uh, the princess and the queen that never was one of the most powerful scenes probably in this episode right here was the princess uh, sitting down next to the lady who in the very first episode we found out like lost the kingship, almost became king or queen, whatever you want to call it. Uh, they they had that great council and she ended up losing the vote uh, and everything else. And she's there um, and they kind of have this interaction that's pretty hardcore where it comes from. 
And I love the way the princess was just like, oh, the queen that never was and calls her that right to her face. So yeah. you got the animosity happening there. You know something's up. We also have uh, her husband, uh, the guy who's got all the ships and everything else that's on the small council. He also is uh, feeling pretty let down a little bit later on in this episode as well. So, like, you got you pissing probably two very powerful people off here. Uh, both the princess ain't helping anything either. And the king, obviously, by making his decisions, isn't helping uh, this process either. But, like, what did you think about uh, the the princess meeting the uh, queen yeah, that, that never that, was? That, that was really good because she gives it because uh, the princess gives it back to her against. And says, uh, like, yeah, um, but uh, once once they have an heir, um, you ain't gonna be you ain't gonna be here no more. Once he has a son, uh, they're not they're gonna pass you over just like they passed over me, mm -hmm. and you ain't gonna have no powers. So I mean, look, look at what's going around you. Be aware, like, I mean, I mean, um, you know, just be aware of your surroundings. But like, you're focused on the wrong stuff right now, and uh, you just you you better you better wise up on what's going on. I think the way to play the Game of Thrones to me. FC in the first part of this show in the original Game of Thrones is like to not want or need the power, right? Like, especially need. Uh, maybe won't throw that out, but especially the word need. You don't don't be that person that needs the power, like a Peter Baelish. Like, uh, I don't think Varys in the first uh, original Game of Thrones wanted really power. I think he was really legitimately just trying to help the kingdom uh, and whatnot. But like, Stannis needed the power. You know, all these people needed the power. Cersei needed the power. I think the trick is, is to be smart and maybe you can want the power because you think you would be the better option, right? You think that you could do a great job. Like one of the things she says during this conversation is like, I can change those decrees, right? Where there's no women can't be sitting on the iron throne so far. She'll be the first one to sit on there and she can make mm -hmm. changes as queen. Like, so she's wanting to make positive changes, right? Like I think as long as you can keep everything in line, be smart, uh, very meticulous about what you want to do. But once once you start needing that, like you get a taste of that power and you need it, like it's something that you, it's almost like a drug. I think that's where most people make their mistakes and go a little bit too far. Because sometimes if you're just a little more patient and let things kind of play out a little bit so that you can see what you can to make the best decisions, I think overall you could win the Game of Thrones. Uh, to be perfectly honest with you, but everybody's in such a hurry. Everybody wants that power. Got to have that power. And I think the the king's sister who like lost the uh, original thing that where she almost became queen uh, Targaryen, like I think she's trying to rush things along. Now she is older as well, so maybe that's why she's trying to move a little fast. But she's trying to do things, man. They're trying to get married, make a successor, all this stuff, so her side of the family can get the power. You see the play here. It's not going to be uh, anything big to let people know. Obviously, these two are going to go at it at some point. Uh, they're going to have people that rally behind them, don't know who they're going to be yet exactly and everything else. But these two are going to go at each other. That's probably going to be part of the dance that we're going to see. Uh, majorly is like these two women, very powerful women going at each other uh, and everything else later or on in the season. Maybe. Maybe. I don't think so, man. That's I don't think so. Swerve. I mean, it could swerve on you. I, mean, right, they man, I don't think that's them. happening, bro. I don't oh. think that's happening. They, 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 Never know. The look in their eyes. Listen to me. The look, when the queen looked at her, when she made that one response, and she the queen looks back at her and says, I don't know if you're trying to make me mad, but it ain't working kind of look. When her eyes looked upon the queen that never was, 
I heard the Stone Cold music come on. I heard a bon on, bon on, on. I can I can see her join them just because she would. Yeah, I, I couldn't be Queen, but I would still like to see a Queen on there. That's why I could see her being on her side. I don't know because when we go through the rest of the episode, this is a, it'll be another reason. Because we'll just go ahead and talk about it now because uh, we, we'll just get to it. So like there at the very end, the big uh, reveal usually at Game of Thrones shows. There's an hour long at the very end of one. You get some kind of a thing that happens, whether it's a discussion that you've been waiting for, an interaction that you've been waiting for. Maybe it's a big battle ending or something like that. But in this particular episode, it was the king actually making his decision about who he would wed next because he does need to wed. He's the king. Uh, that's what the, the realm expects him to do. And it's between the younger girl we talked about, which was that lady's daughter and actually the hand's daughter. And that was the kind of choice he had laying before him and all this stuff. The smart choice would have been to wed his sister's daughter to make that better, right? You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like to make that uh, just everybody would be cool. Uh, his sister would be cool. Her husband, like earlier in the show, when they he didn't make that big, strong claim to go and like uh, take over the powers, the crab feeder or whatever, like that would have made that easier because then that guy would be like, okay, so he made this dumbass decision over here, but you know what? He's being cool and he and he he's marrying the families together. We're making everything stronger and everything else. So this to me was a dumb decision because he chooses to marry and announces he's going to marry the hands daughter, uh, who doesn't bring him a lot of power. I mean, the high towers aren't like a shabby house or anything like that. Let's don't say we we, we shouldn't say that the high towers don't have a little power. Cause at this point in time, they do actually have more power uh, than a lot of houses out there. So they are a powerful house, no doubt. But with that being said, with the situation that was going on, it's like, you're not reading the room, my man, the smart decision may not be the decision that you want. Like you needed to make this other decision or he should have made the decision to help the home dude out with this crab feeder before earlier in the show to maybe lessen this one. Right? Like, yeah. so if you show like, Oh Stop yeah. Yeah, soften the blow a little bit. But see, like, that's what I'm talking about. This dude ain't making good decisions across the board. He's being weak. Uh, and the show's making him out to be weak. And I think he's supposed to be weak. Uh, then that's probably the reason why we're going to even have the Dance of Dragons. And, like, to be honest with you, like, bro, you, you put these two negatives together. And then that, all that does is you basically might as well be there doing this right here because you stirring, you stirring the crap in the pot right there, baby. You know what I'm saying? Like, you getting it ready and everything. So, like, obviously this is not going to work out very well. This is going to cause some issues and some problems because we do see at the very end of the episode as well. Um, the gentleman uh, on the small council go and talk to uh, Damon basically saying, Hey, look, here we go. Uh, we, we look, your, your king, your king weak. All right. Your brother weak. Uh, we need to do something here. Uh, we need to make some changes. Uh, you know, we're cut from the same cloth because we've been second sons. We're the ones that's been having to make like an, our way in the world, uh, that kind of thing. And like, oh, man. So I thought that was a pretty uh, substantial scene as well. And we find out we already seeing some of the 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 things unraveling, you know, not for the king to lose his power or to possibly be killed. Is he going to be killed or just lose his power in some way? Uh, we're going to find out probably later in this season because I know this is going to be multiple seasons, but probably we're going to find out what's going to happen to him. Probably not too long from now, but yeah, man, those couple of things there, like you got any uh, yeah. takes on that? Yeah, this, I mean, this is the start of it. I mean, this start of the whole war. This is what um, everything's going to uh, lead up to is this starts with this decision of him um, 
the sign the Mary, Mary Alice set I tower. Um, and of course, if you see the previews, they're going to have kid. Um, that was in the, the <laughs> they're going to have kid. That's what starts. Um, that's his heir. That's what's going to start with the dance of dragons. And it was because of this decision, him listening to his hand instead of doing the right thing and, um, marrying the Valerian girl. Um, it that would have been a better decision and it would have stopped it from the whole, you know, seven kingdoms going to war. And it, cause it just shows like, okay, now I know where I stand with you. You ain't going to listen to whether it's my, uh, my shit's getting messed up or whether it's marrying my daughter, you ain't going to listen to me. No way. So why should I stand with you and why should I, uh, have you as my king? Cause you went, you, you went <clears throat> for me. Oh yeah. So like that, you you said a lot there, and and a lot of it I agree with wholeheartedly because like when it comes down to it, like I said, if he would have went and took care of the crab feeder, and made a strong decision there, at this moment he possibly and I don't understand why people just can't be honest. Like, why can't you just go up to the family and just be truthful? Be like, look, I've got two decisions to make here. Uh, one of them I know like uh, is this, but like I don't feel comfortable. I don't feel comfortable. I'm too old. Like, just be honest about it. Be like, I can't marry, you know, this and make this person a queen that's that young. I just can't do it. I don't feel right about it. Morally, don't feel right about it uh, and what have you, right? Like, so I'm going to make this other decision, but let, but I'm showing you that I got your back. This is my response, right? Because I went and helped you take care of this crab feeder. Now, like, I'm proving that I got your back with this. This isn't a decision bad on you or for a bad look on you. This is a decision that I'm making uh, just for me because I don't feel comfortable in that other situation. So that's the thing that he could have played and at least it wouldn't have made, but if he would have made a stronger decision in the other thing, when he makes this decision, then the other person doesn't think, Oh, you're super weak. Like at that moment. Right. So like that just opens him, like him making those two decisions in this episode, just kind of opened the door up the floodgates. And that's really what's going to happen now is our, everything the sharks are out there in the water and they're all smelling blood. They're coming for it. Damon had already smelt it. Now all these other people are smelling it. I mean, even like his king, the hand of the king obviously thinks he's kind of weak because he was like, basically, I'm going to throw my daughter at him and he's going to he's weak enough to fall for it. And she's good enough to like really kind of talk him into this or really get to his affections and, and get respect to be able to get this decision. Now, I do think another important thing as far as the show goes was that we saw the unhappiness when he makes that decision about like who he was going to marry between the two friends that they've already set up in these first two episodes. Uh, the look on the princess's face and everything as she like leaves the room uh, after he announces the decision, even how scared like the, the King's hands daughter knew that this wasn't going to be what the princess wanted, knew it like, right. She was even scared whenever he was making the decision. She didn't look super happy. Like, Oh my God, I'm going to be picked. And like, Oh, I'm happy. I'm going to be marrying the king. She was kind of like, oh, God, this is kind of, she was nervous, right? Yeah. She, maybe not, maybe she wants to be the queen. But in that aspect, she was still nervous about the interactions that were going to take place in the room in the hand. She, she probably was like, man, I wish I wasn't in this room right now because this is about to be uncomfortable. And it was, like I said, the princess kind of gets out of there and that pit pisses the princess off and everything else. So now, I think that the princess might make a decision or two in the next episodes coming up that may be like uh, kind of in that emotional state, right? Uh, like being pissed off about the situation, not liking this decision 
uh, made by the king because she thought the king was going to uh, marry, you know, her aunt's uh, daughter and everything else. And like, it looks like it's not going to go that way. Uh, and it kind of pisses her off. So we'll see what she does in the next episode. I'm very interested in that uh, to see what comes up. But what do you think about uh, this? Like I told you last episode, because like you're the one reading the book. I'm yeah. not. I'm staying away from it. I'm trying to be as blind as a bat going into this series because I don't want to know what's happening. But you've already looked ahead and read in the book. I said there was something up with these two girls right here. I knew yeah. it. And I knew that something was going to be partaking place whenever the hand sends his daughter to talk to the king the first time in the last episode. And we're already getting some of that results already happening right now uh, about who's playing the game of Thrones exactly and everything else. So like, yeah, man, what did you think about like that interaction as well? Like, yeah. did you go ahead? I uh, know that's why I was talking about earlier why I thought the, the older princess um, would, would join on um, Rhaenyra's side because, um, I mean, you just pissed off her husband, you just shunned her whole family. So why would she ever go on, on the king's side and go with his heir? Um, that's why it said, like, maybe she's thinking about, yeah, they had that whole back and forth um, conversation, but uh, she ain't going to be with the king. So there's only one other side, and that's to be with Rhaenyra's side. Yeah, I mean, you could be right because, like, that could have been one of those options that sometimes happens uh, when you have things like this happen is you're going to have that kind of back and forth with someone to kind of test their, you know, metal. You're going to be like, all right, is uh, this person, is she strong? Like, how strong is she? Is she going to sit here and, like, uh, fold because I'm kind of going at her a little bit? Or is she going to, like, stand up for herself and really uh, do that? So, like, you're, you're right. Like, that could have been not her not liking the princess that could have been her testing the princess to see like if the princess is strong enough to make like an actual decision uh against her own father right like that could be that because you're gonna have to be a pretty strong-willed person to finally go against your own father like it's not did. like they have the, she this it, episode she already defied her father's um yeah but like to go to dragonstone she did that so it's already happened Right. But like that, I would say, is a smaller thing than the clear war on your dad, basically. Right. Like that's a big, huge step compared to her, like disobeying and going out to Dragonstone. That's a huge leap. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, yeah, it's this showing that she's willing to disobey her father. But how great of a links would she go? Because like I get that, like their daughter and, and, and father relationship wasn't like the best in the world, but it also wasn't the worst. Uh, because this king does seem like a, a calm mannered man. It's not like he probably like mistreated her. Like she doesn't like that. Maybe he was overlooking her at some points and he was always looking for the air, that kind of thing. But like uh, treating her bad or treating her wrong. It doesn't seem like he did any of that. Uh, and I, I do think that she actually does care for her father. So I don't think it's going to be the super easy, like, oh, choice of like, oh, yeah, my dad's a piece of crap. You know what I'm saying? Because it's not like he beat her or did anything like that or even forced her to do something really bad uh, during that time. So like, we'll see what's happening with that. Um, yeah. But that pretty much was the second episode uh, of the house of dragons. Uh, we pretty much covered it all in this thing right here. Like I said, I even yeah. took some notes, dog. I even took some notes, man. Oh, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. But we note takers, son. We're taking this shit serious over here at the let's get ready network. But yeah, man, dude, we love this series. We love game of Thrones uh, and we love watching people try to play it because if you do, you either win or you die. And uh, we do know some people's going to die. And I do know that, like, I, one of the things that I'm going to be kind of sad about already is that I do think the younger girls playing their parts 
in this first couple of episodes has done it right. The Hand of the King's Daughter, uh, and Rhaenyra's. Is that how you say her name? Rhaenyra. The princess is... Yeah, Rhaenyra. Rhaenyra. So, like, Rhaenyra and the Hand of the King's Daughter, both of those, I think the actors, the actresses, have done super good, super well. Like, yeah. really played their parts well, but I do know that, like, around episode five or six, uh, we're going to do a major time jump, and then there's going to be older characters, older actors actually playing these two girls because it's going to jump a few years up in time, so it won't make sense for them to look the same. Yeah. But I do think that these two girls are making a name for themselves on this show. I think they've uh, actually played both of their parts uh, really super well. The mild, timid one that's trying to wing the king's affection. And then you have the other one that's a little more like Daenerys or whatever, you know, later on in the future. Like more hardcore, more wanting to get up on that dragon and ride it and take over the world kind of situation. Like so, but I think they're both playing their parts like super well. Like I felt. Both of them made me feel like, oh, this is a real friendship. Only in two episodes that this is a real friendship that's getting broke up right here, possibly uh, later on down the line, if not even the next episode. Uh, so we do have that to look forward to. But let's get into it, man. Like I said, guys, we do have Streamlabs open. I do have the uh, the thing set up to where it will actually show up on screen if you send in one. Uh, if you want to send any kind of questions or, or whatnot to us about this episode real quick before we get out of here, because uh, the last thing we're fitting to do here. Uh, I want to see you guys in the chat, like reacting to that too, as well. Last thing we're going to do here, man, Caleb, what was your favorite scene in this episode? Well, I think it was pretty much the climate, uh, the, the the biggest scene in this um, episode, which was the, the the face off of the two dragons. Um, her just swooping on in, uh, looking all badass and saying, "What's up? Um, I'm here, and, you know, what you, you ain't about to do what you, what you want, or what you want to do." So. Um, you know, I'm, I'm showing my strength right here and telling you what's up. Uh, I, I thought that was the best episode. Damn it. That was also. I mean, it's a clear one. Like, it's, I think that was pretty much every, most people. That, that, uh, that was also favorite. my favorite scene because I think a couple of things was laid down for us in that. It's like, oh, cool. You got a dragon. Oh, wait, I got a dragon. And then. So now we're even odds like it ain't going to be sitting here like a takeover at that point. Right. And then like she walks up, she talks to Damon. We see where Damon kind of his allegiance is kind of lie there to me, be honest with you. I think if it comes between him having to do something against the princess that he overall wouldn't do it, he may stand against her at some point or he may even like want to kind of stand against her. But I think overall when the decisions made, let's say if it's like him and her on the battlefield, and he's got the opportunity and a chance to take her out if he needed to. I don't think he can pull the trigger. I think that's proved here. Uh, I don't think he can do that or overcome that. He has some kind of love and affection. Like I said, whether it's just fam regular family love, like he just loves his niece and thinks she's really cool, whatever. Or it's more of that Targaryen love uh, that, that we don't we, we frown upon. We the, the kind of love that we frown upon here at the Let's Get Ready Network. I know I'm from Alabama, but I do not agree with that. Yeah, kind of you, know, you know about all about that. Yeah, yeah. But I'm just saying, like, here, here, here how it goes. Like, so I actually do. That's that's my favorite scene as well uh, in this episode. Uh, so we both have that. I, I do think that's going to be a lot of people's favorite episode. But, Caleb, what's the most important scene in this episode? Uh, I think the conversation that uh, Corliss Valerion had with Damon, and he said uh, that our house is older than uh, the Targaryen house. Um, we're from Old Valeria, too. But we were we just sort of the, one of the common families when we weren't you know one of the dragon lords, um, and so we had it we had a fight for what we got, 
and what we got is our ships and that's what we need we need to keep our ships because without that we're, we're our, our our family f- falls apart like we're we're you know we're worth anything um because we don't have the we don't have the dragon connection so we need those ships because we need Driftmark um to keep in our, our power and if the king's not helping us with it you have to help us with it to keep that um keep, keep us keep us going because why why and why is that important because uh in game of thrones you never heard of uh of the family Valerion. they don't exist in in game of thrones you know they got their ass wiped out at some point yeah so i think that's kind of telling you something's gonna happen maybe this is what what's leading on yeah. to the demise like, of the Valerions. if you take what we know about the game of thrones in the say present day time period right like which is their game of thrones that we watched first uh, that's what's what i'm saying it's kind of weird to say that because technically it's been a few years ago we watched the series but like and that series is more modern day and this is obviously in the past about 172 almost 200 years you also got to look at uh hightower right and this uh in this show Looks like high towers have some power, like I was talking about, and I do think that they had a decent amount of power during this time. But we don't really see too many high towers when it comes to like the Game of Thrones, the original series. So you know, what I'm saying some people were bogging up the wrong tree and got that ass wiped out. Now I don't know if this is the battle that totally completely wiped them out. This yeah, might have been. It's just kind of like setting up. Well, okay, this is the reason why they fell off, and they're not there. No yeah, more. exactly. So like, this is going to be interesting. I actually have a tie for this one. Uh, to be perfectly honest with you. I do think, but overall, the more important for the series is kind of an obvious one is the decision of the marriage, the decision of the king to marry Hightower's daughter instead of actually going the other route. I think that's the most important thing. That's going to be the catalyst to all everything kind of starting to fall apart. It already has some things that's starting to do that. But this right here is even a bigger moment that's going to cause that to happen. But I also think really close like it, it 1a and 1b was the conversation that we were talking about with the princess the two princesses the queen that never was and the princess like i was talking about earlier because i think that conversation laid down some ground rules let's say you're right and let's say them two actually do team up together and you, you're obviously probably going to see it because i could see her teaming up with damon and damon looks like he's teaming up with homegirl's husband right like so that might actually happen so they actually might be on the same side. But I do think that this lays the groundwork of the princess being like, we we might have to work together at some point, but you're not over me. You're older than me, but I'm the princess. I'm the heir. You're going to be below me no matter what you choose. I will fight you, but even if we're on the same side, you will never take over what I have. Like, I think that's the the language that I got from their conversation. So like with that being said, I think it's very important to realize that like the, the power dynamic there is even though the princess is younger, she is the true heir. She was named the true heir. You had all the seven kingdoms come and bend the knee to her to approve that situation. Her father is still saying that as of right now, things may change to where he ends up taking that back at some point. But as of right now, he's still backing that up. She's I, basically, I think the princess the, the queen to be said, yo, you can do what you want, but no matter what decision you make, you will be behind me. You'll be under me regardless, whether I fight you or whether you're on my side, you will not take what I have. You will not take what I'm supposed to be away from me. And I think that's a very key thing that's going to happen later on. So like, I don't know, like I said, I don't know how the dance of dragons plays out. I don't know who wins, who loses, who becomes the whatever, you know, at, at the end of this whole thing. 
but I do realize that they're going to have interactions one way or the other. And I do love the fact that the princess was able to be like, yo, bro, like, yo, you're going to be taking that back seat no matter which ride we in. So I do. I think those are the two most important uh, things that happen in this uh, thing. And two really great episodes to start off this new uh, show, mm -hmm. this new season with like, I'm super hyped now because usually you have to give shows like you have that three rule where it's like, Oh man, give them three episodes. Really, kind of like, give them three episodes to give you the chance of getting you interested in it, bro. I was interested in the first episode, even more interested in the second episode. Like, I think HBO, like they're doing the right thing. They're not following these guidelines or everybody else. Like, I think the Lord of the Rings is showing the fact that they're a little bit scared because they're not just dropping one episode on the first day; they're dropping two episodes on the first day. I, I think that they thought, well, we might not be able to like really rain in everybody just on one episode we need to really throw two episodes there i really have to commend hbo for being that group that's like yo bro we're keeping this thing one episode at a time you're gonna wait a week before you see the next episode because that's how we're running things over here because i just think they have super confidence in the way it is and you can obviously tell that george rr R. martin has a big key role to play in how they're doing these shows they really talk to him you get that feel it truly feels like this is a different time period in the world of Westeros, in the world of the Game of Thrones. This show to me is like, I'm not, it's like I'm watching new episodes of Game of Thrones. I get the things that I have and I get, can't wait for it to go uh, ever further to see like if what I think is going to happen happens or, you know, making your theories. It gives me a week. I love this fact. It gives us a week to talk and think yeah. about, hey, what may happen in the next episode to come, right? Like what's going to happen? What's going to be the key thing that happens there and all that stuff and speculate. And I think it's really super fun to do that with the Game of Thrones because literally there are no rules in this show. They they cut off Ned Stark's head. I mean, that proved, and there's other times, like the Red Wedding and stuff like that. Hey, fall in love with a character, dare you. Dare you, Greg, Greg if you're still watching, I dare you. Pick your favorite character right now. Fall in love with them, root for them with all your heart and all your ambition and watch it crumble in front of your face like we all did episode after episode after episode in the original Game of Thrones. Uh, and like I said, me and Brain's been doing a rewatch of the Game of Thrones, the original series. And like it's been amazing to watch with somebody that truly had never been spoiled about things that were happening. Uh, Caleb's even joined a couple episodes in and to be able to get those emotions from that person and stuff that we had the first time we watched Game of Thrones has been truly amazing. Uh, but Caleb, unless you've got some last words, man, we're about to get out of here. Uh, no, just um, uh, obviously, if you've seen the previews, you can see that uh, a lot of battles coming. Um, so if you if you thought this episode was a little slow and there was just a lot of uh, um, conversation happening, and you're more like into the big battles, well, I think it, you know that's coming. So just uh, you know, hold on, hold on, you know, you'll, you'll be getting that. Hey. You know what, man? Your dad giving your props out there. How heartwarming is that? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I think if your dad was king, he'd let you be heir, man. I don't think he'd be trying to screw you around or anything. I think your dad's cool. He's here supporting you and everything else. But like it always said in the Game of Thrones, baby, and even though the long night might be a long time from now because it happens about 200 years in the future, as always, winter is coming. And until next time, guys. Love all you guys. Thank you for all the support and everything else. Uh, but like I said, until next time, peace. Mm -hmm.